I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 223. Jumping right in. This one's called Auntie and the Spirit of Red. Hey, Donna and Carrie. Hope you ladies are doing well. And I wanted to let both of you know that the podcast is now my favorite podcast. I love telling my friends and forcing my sisters to listen. Anyway, this is another story from home. And this happened when I was a sophomore in high school. The year was 1996 during the month of June. One afternoon, I came home to find three trucks parked in front of our house. I know that two of the cars belonged to my aunt and uncle, and one belonged to a healer that worked at my school. My older sister told me that my aunt and uncle would be staying for a few days, and they'll be staying at our guest hut house, and no one is allowed to go into the house without permission. I didn't ask about the healer because I knew that since he worked at my school, I will see him at school during the week. The first two weeks went by with the usual hi and bye and have a good day as we walked by the house. There was no answer in return and we never saw them leave the hut. However, I did notice being the curious one in the family that after dinner, my mom and dad will tell us to go to bed soon and make sure that all the lights were off at 9 p.m. We knew that because the village men that will be out watching the village leave for their homes at 9.30 and their lanterns will be off at around 9 p.m. sharp. Well, one night, my father told me to fetch his box that was under his bed and make sure that I did not open the box. I jokingly told my dad that I cannot make any promises. He glared at me when I said it and I quickly walked away. My dad always was fun and had a great sense of humor, but on this night, he was very serious. So I go and get the box. I swear on my life that I did not open the box. The shit was heavy as I picked it up. It tilted and fell sideways, popping open on one of the sides. Holy shit, I was going to get in trouble. As I picked it up to close it, I caught a glimpse of a brown glass eye staring at me. It was in the middle of a cross hanging on a black thread. I almost dropped the box again, but I heard my dad calling me. I quickly shut the lid and ran towards my dad. He grabbed the box for me and told me to go to bed. At 9 p.m., the lights were off, but my mind was not. I could not sleep, so I just laid in the dark and listened. I slept by the window so I could faintly hear what was going on outside the guest house. I heard swirls made by jars being rubbed up against a board and my dad talking to someone but I could not make out what was being said I fell asleep shortly after and that was when I had a dream in my dream I saw my aunt in a red dress and she had worn red lipstick and in her hair hibiscus flowers she was being pulled violently towards a road I've never seen before by a dark shadow man I woke up screaming and as I opened my eyes my dad and my mom were sitting next to me They told me I was telling them things while I was sleeping that gave insight as to why my aunt was being possessed by the spirit of Red. Red is a very honorable spirit that has been living and was once living before my grandparents were born. No one in our village dares to disrespect Red, his rules, and the culture. There are certainly people that can reason and speak with Red. The possession lasted for a month and was over before the first week of July. Creep it real and don't get scared, Mo. I have never heard of the spirit red. 
it feels like skinwalkers like you don't talk about them you don't you know what i mean yeah like, i don't I obviously know if they're the same but i'm saying the level of cultural respect mm-hmm. of red and skinwalkers yeah but then you're like wizard of oz dreaming when you woke up and you're like and you were there and you were there and you were there and how did they know to come up to you and listen to you maybe she was like screaming out yeah okay the next one do you believe in ghost dogs Hello, ladies. I've been listening to your podcast for a while now, and several months back, I listened to a Sinister Sightings episode about a UPS driver, I think, who had an encounter with a ghost dog, and it finally made me feel comfortable with writing in about my experience. Now, my ghost dog is a sad story, honestly, and as I write this, I'm crying my eyes out. In December of 2021, my baby girl, Sierra Kai, passed away in my arms. She was sick only a few days prior to her passing, so it was a shock when she woke me up, seized in my arms for five minutes, and then died. I screamed, I cried, and begged for her not to go. Then laid on the ground, clinging to her lifeless body as my husband called the local emergency vet services to see what the next steps were, i.e. cremation and burial. We were unable to get any services because everything was closed on Sunday and we had to wait till the next day. So for the rest of the day, we snuggled her up in favorite blankets, placed her in her favorite puppy bed, and she laid in our living room as we all mourned her that day. Her siblings, my other two pups, would sniff and nudge her trying to wake her up all day. It was heartbreaking, and the next day we took her to be cremated. I have her with me at my home next to my favorite picture of her. Now, she always slept in my bed with me, and she always either slept on my left side of my butt or at my feet. Since her passing, I often feel something jump up on bed with me when no one else is in the room. Most nights, I have my oldest boy sleep with me, and he sleeps at my head. It never fails that I feel someone moving at my feet. I look down and see nothing. I move my hands around my head, and I feel him, so I know he's not down there. Now, I've never mentioned this to my husband because I know he'll think I'm just crazy. He doesn't believe in ghosts, heaven, or hell, or anything like that. Something is getting into bed with me, and it doesn't scare me. I feel like it's my baby girl, and it makes me sad. I don't really believe in God, heaven, or hell, but oddly, even I believe in dog heaven, and I'm sad if that's her visiting me. I wish she would just move on and go to heaven and be with her brother and sister. I miss her terribly, and that part of my soul is missing without her, but I don't want her stuck here. Sorry if this story is long or sad, but I thought you should know Ghost Dog might exist. Thank you for listening to my story. Sincerely, Cozy May. Well, I don't know much about doggy heaven, but I do think that if your doggy is coming back to see you, it doesn't necessarily mean that they haven't moved on. Yeah, I feel that way too, but I've definitely felt that before when I lost my cat of like forever years and he was a heavy boy used to make me so mad because (laughs) he would always let well because really when i spent the night at her house i was encroaching on his bed so really he was in the right (laughs) but he would climb up because she had donna had two day beds in her room and he would climb up and sleep on the end of my bed and then i wouldn't be able to pull the covers up because his 75 pound ass was laying at the bottom (laughs) of the bed he was thick okay but i've really felt him in the bed with me like twice uh, but not anymore. But my scaredy ass, because I didn't think about it. I was just like, oh yeah, come in. And like I patted my like side and then I was like, oh, no, don't come here. 
Like, I don't know what it is. <laughs> All of a sudden, you like drop three octaves. <laughs> no. <laughs> my heart. Hilarious. My heart probably fell out of my ass. <laughs> well, I have been thinking and missing about my dog, Bo, lately. And on TikTok, there's a dog filter, like a, a Paw Patrol filter. And um, I did it on Jack's the other day and there was a dog in the background and I was like, oh my God, like it made two dogs, you know, and this was right around what would have been Bo's birthday. And I just been thinking about a long time. And so I did it again to see if it would do it again. And it didn't. And I was like, oh my God, was Bo here? And the dog was laying down, which Bo would have been. Yes, he would have. And Jax wasn't laying down. Yeah. And like when I redid it, because you could see like that where the dog was would have been the couch and the door. And when I redid it, all those things were there. Yeah. I, when you showed that to me, I was like, oh, 100%. I yeah. feel like that was Bo. So I don't think it's a bad thing that they came back to visit you. The next one, Deathly Hilarious. Hey, y'all. My name is Gabby from a surrounding city in Houston, Texas. This is my first time writing in, which in my opinion, is long overdue because I've been wanting to write in so many other experiences, but I always stop myself. Let me start off by saying I absolutely adore both of you girls and have inspired me to just be my spooky little self. This story starts in 2009 and I'm a high school dropout, pregnant, 18-year-old, eight months pregnant with my first child, and I'm home alone while my brother's in school. We share the same group of friends, one in particular named Lola. Keep in mind, at this time, they were in school together in the same class. I'm home on a very stormy day, pregnant, eating beef jerky, ice cold water, and watching the Golden Girls. My brother texts me saying, hey, G, what are you doing? I reply, watching Golden Girls and eating beef jerky. What about you? He replies in class, about to start, just checking in. Minutes later, I get a message from a number I have no clue who it is. From here out, imagine the vibe of Drew Barrymore in the beginning of Scream. She's on the phone with Ghostface Killer. Unknown number. Hey, me. Who's this? Unknown. A friend. Me. Who? Unknown. I'm such a close friend that I know what you're doing. Me. Quit playing around. Seriously, who are you? Unknown number. I love that episode of Golden Girls. Save me some beef jerky. Now, at this point, I shimmy my big ass to the bed of the Lazy Boy couch, hearts racing, and just thinking right away what my options are. My phone is in my hand, texting baby daddy about the situation, and he's on his way out of work, racing to me. I call my dad, and he is also on his way out of work. Unknown number. I can see you. When I read that message, my heart dropped down to my butthole. We have an open floor plan where the living room and kitchen are connected, so I waddle to the kitchen and grab a huge turkey knife. I start weighing my options, stay inside, where IDK where the stalker is, or go outside and run to my neighbors in the rain. Heart pounding and my baby boy kicking me from adrenaline, I decided to take my chances and run to the neighbor's house. I am a green belt in karate and can defend myself to an extent, but in full dramatic effect with the storm and the rain, I felt like I was in my own scary movie. I run to the neighbors with my big carving knife in hand, looking as crazy as I can, wet and pregnant, start pounding on the door. Nobody answers. I'm crying my eyes out and I sit on the porch in the rain of the neighbor's home till I hear my baby daddy pull up with my dad behind him. I run to them and my dad goes inside to check the house and to his knowledge, it's clear no one was inside. 
I get a text message from the same number saying, hey, it's Lola. Relax. I was just messing with you. Your brother gave me your number since you're not in school anymore. He told me what you were doing and I decided to mess around a bit. I'm so sorry. Eddie is getting calls from your mom to leave school because of how scared you are. I'm so sorry. With a sigh of relief, I told my dad and my baby daddy that it was just a prank from a friend that Eddie and I knew. Boy, were they freaking pissed. Let's say mom dealt with my brother after school and I got pampered that day with food. That baby is now 13 years old in March and that same baby daddy is now my fiance. I don't talk to my friend anymore since life happens, but didn't hold any hard feelings. I love her very much and still laugh about it to this day that the outcome wasn't bad. But the scary thought of it not being her still haunts me. Sorry if this is long, but I'll send in more stories of my deceased family and friends that visit me in my sleep and other creepy shit that happens to me. Okay, I'm the exact opposite. I would have been like, shut up. This is my brother. Yeah. Like, whatever. And they're like, no, this is blah, blah, blah. And I'll be like, whatever. I literally just said this. And like the killer's like knocking at the freaking door. Like, hello. Like you're the guy in scary movie when he's the one that's like the movie buff and he thinks that they're playing the killer and they're like, they're like, "I'm, I'm about to kill you. Yes. But honestly, when you get a text from someone you don't know and they say something like that, you are going to be like, what the fuck? Yes. Also, though, if somebody that I don't know just texts me, hey, I don't answer. I do sometimes. Yeah, but that's because, like, you talk to people on Tinder and you delete messages. <laughs> yeah. Single Carrie would have answered. Married Carrie is like, mm, not answering. Yeah. Because you're either faking and you're going to be like, hey, this is Brenda. I got your number uh, <laughs> at the swap meet last yes. Thursday. Is it okay that I text you? And it's like, I already don't want to be part of your Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Meanwhile, Donna is some cute boy that she got tired of and just deleted the text messaging conversation. She has no clue who it is. And it's like her next fuck. (laughs) You know, you're not wrong. That literally (laughs) happened this weekend. Told you. Yeah. Do I know her? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Okay. The next one. There's two titles. The Soldier That Kills and The Pedophile from Starbucks. Hey y'all, love the podcast. I've been listening to you both since the beginning. I used to listen to you guys on my hour commutes to school. Then I paused during COVID and now in 2023, I'm playing catch up. I'm a massage therapist originally from California, but now live in Texas because I married a military man. And with this job, clients love to talk and I hear a lot of stories. My first story is from a client. So we'll call her Deborah for privacy reasons. Side note, I tried looking up the story, but no luck. This is just going to be what I remember her telling me. Deborah was a sergeant in the Army and was stationed at Fort Lewis, Washington. As a sergeant, it's part of her job to watch over troops and make sure they're doing their jobs correctly and efficiently. When she hears police sirens and someone speaking in a megaphone saying something along the lines of, murderer's name, come out of the building with your hands up. Everyone else, please stay inside. Deborah was thinking, what the hell did this guy do? He's literally so quiet and hella religious. What could he have possibly done? So this person was a little problematic, according to Deborah, because he would refuse to participate in some training activities due to his religious beliefs. He would also walk around the base with his Bible and preach. Turns out, on his days off, he would pick up sex workers and kill them. When police arrived on base, they searched his vehicle and found a dead body in his trunk. 
I guess that really goes to show you, you never really know someone. The person you work with could be a murderer. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, the next story is mine. So I was about 10 when a friend and I walked to Starbucks after school just to hang out and get some frappuccinos. While we were waiting for our drinks, we were approached by this man. He was Asian, had glasses, was tall, and was an extra large pizza. He looked nice and geeky, so I didn't think anything of him. He told me and my friend that he's an exchange student from China and that he has this project for school where he has to take pictures of Americans. Again, I'm young and I didn't feel threatened. He seemed nice. We're in a public place. So I said, okay. He took pictures of us by the Starbucks counter. Super innocent. We smiled, threw up peace signs, all good. Until he began taking pictures with us. He put his arms around my waist, around my friends, over my shoulders, and now we were super uncomfortable. Shit had gotten weird. Thankfully, one of the baristas noticed and asked, is he bothering you too? I immediately blurted out, yes. The barista walked around the corner and escorted the man outside. A few minutes later, she came back in and told us, I asked him to leave and I made him delete all the pictures. I felt so much relief that this whole thing ended. I felt so yucky, like a weirdo stranger put his yucky cooties on me. I'm so grateful that the barista stepped in because I have no idea how that situation would have panned out otherwise. So we get our frappuccinos and start heading out when this fucking adult ass motherfucker who's like 40 asks us two 10 year olds, if you didn't want your picture taken, why did you let him? Like, excuse me, you saw the situation and did nothing. We are fucking young kids that felt stuck. I heard him ask that and said, we're in sixth grade. How should we have known? Lesson of the story, stranger danger. Doesn't matter how old you are, safer to not talk to strangers, y'all. I'm just super grateful that the barista stepped in and saved us while there are about three or four customers inside sitting down that did nothing. Another reminder, if you see something, say something. I think it's better to be safe than sorry. I have more stories of the paranormal kind, so I'll definitely be writing in again soon. Stay safe out there and as always, creep it real. Doth protest too much of the guy who was like schlepping around the base preaching and Uh then had the fucking dead body in his shit. Yeah. Literally had a skeleton in his closet. Like trunk, but you know. In the boot, as some say. Yes. Um, also, I don't think you can just in the military be like, Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. Religious reasons. Like you literally like signed your life away. You don't think you can do that, can you? I think so. I mean, religious. But okay, like, hey, I'm not, I can't, you know what? I can't be a sniper against my religion. No, I don't. Fuck you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you knew what you were signing up for in the military. Yeah. I don't know. Am I wrong? I mean, it might have just been like, oh, I can't do that because, I, I, fuck if I know. I, I don't know. I can't, I literally, <laughs> literally can't think of a reason. I was like, well, uh, I can't think of an example of, because yeah. even like, okay, let's say, whether you agree with the vaccines or not, people were not getting the vaccine through like with their work and all for religious reasons. But like you you can't do that in the military. They had to get it. Yeah. Like you when you join the military, you get a set of vaccines and all that. You couldn't be like, Yeah, I don't want it for for religious reasons. Yeah. Like you're getting it. You're in the military. You don't have a choice. Yeah, that's true. So that was weird for that story. Also, uh fuck all the way off for the person who was like, Why did you take the pictures if you didn't want it? Yeah. Uh, why didn't you stop a grown man from taking pictures of a young preteen kid? Yeah. That's weird. 
But here's the thing. Like if I were sitting in the coffee shop, I would have been like, that's fucking weird. But then I would have been like, oh, they might know him. Yeah. And you don't want to be that person to be like, young man, young man. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, dude? We're, you know, like yeah. all the things. But also I always think of, you know, that hidden camera uh-huh. thing. I'm like, I would be the person on there that was just like, can you believe they're doing that and do nothing? Because I don't want to be the person who like annoys them because they're like, we're friends and you're like in our business. So leave us the fuck alone. But I feel like you would be able to catch their vibe. Yeah. Because I mean, clearly the barista did like, I feel like you would be like, Ooh, they're starting to actually look very uncomfortable. Like at first they looked cool. They looked like they're friends, but like you would, you would feel the vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and how he had his arm around their waist and stuff like that. that's That's weird. Yeah. Okay. The next one, New Orleans ghost story. Hi, ladies. I love you guys. But I have to say, when I first started listening to the podcast, I thought the drawing of Carrie looks a little bit like that bitch Carol Baskins. LOL. Sorry, I had to. But luckily, you are way more beautiful in real life. Uh (laughs) Thanks, I think. (laughs) Anyway, I love the sinister sightings that people write in. I keep thinking I should write in. So here goes. In 2004, I took a chance and flew to New Orleans to meet up with a, quote, friend that I barely knew for a girl's weekend. I really wanted to bow out because, you know, anxiety. But I thought I should just go. It'll be fun. Well, I had to take the red-eye flight to New Orleans, so I arrived at 4 a.m. and had to find my way to the bed and breakfast we were staying in. This B&B is large, old, NOLA, typical, fabulous mansion with staff quarters behind the house. I couldn't wait to see inside. My friend had arrived earlier and I assumed was sleeping. I had arranged with the B&B owner that I would arrive at 5 a.m., so I assumed he'd be up or would wake up to let me in. I knock on the door a few times with no answer, and I think, oh, great, I'm going to stand out here in the dark until the sun comes up. Finally, the guy comes to the door. He's eccentric looking, slightly framed older gentleman. He was groggy, and maybe he was hungover, or maybe still drunk. He shows me in and tells me to be very quiet because everyone is asleep, including his wife. I say okay and look around. There are antiques, lovely decor, and I see it. A little white dog in the corner. Then there's another one. He sees me looking and says, oh, that's Fluffy, and that's Joe. I realize those aren't moving. He says, don't worry, they're stuffed. We just couldn't bear to lose them, so we had them stuffed. I was shocked, but I kept walking because I was freaking tired. He takes me to the back of the house to where the staff quarters are. The rooms are like standard hotel rooms, only quainter. He tells me not to turn the lights on because I will wake everyone up. Great. I thank him and go inside. There's a little bit of light streaming through the window so I can see a little, but it's too dark to grab any jammies out of my luggage, and I'm so tired, so I just strip down and hop in bed. I'm laying there enjoying being horizontal, and I'm fading fast. Then all of a sudden, I feel something on my leg. At first, I thought it was just a little tickle, but then I think, oh Lord, it's a bug. What if it's a roach? Sorry, Donna. I flip back the covers, and there's nothing. No bugs, nothing. Then I realized the feeling wasn't like a bug at all. It was more like a finger tracing my leg from my ankle to my knee. I freak. I mean, it's an old property. I'm sure there are ghosts in that room. Of course, I think I'm just tired and imagining it. I try to ignore it and go to bed. The next morning, okay, more like three hours later, my friend busts into my room and yes, I'm still naked and I don't know her very well. So I'm wrapped in a blanket chatting awkwardly. 
We decide to get ready so we can enjoy our day. She leaves to get ready and I'm laying there. And I hear what sounds like a pencil falling to the floor and rolling across the floor. You know, that's a very specific sound. So when you hear it, you know what it is. I get up and I look around and there's no freaking pencils anywhere. So of course, I put it in my brain that I'm imagining it and we get ready and we go have a fun day in New Orleans. We see the sights, listen to jazz, visit the French Quarter. It was fun. The next day, I'm getting ready to meet my friend and I hear a sound. It sounds like when you pull back a shower curtain. Those hooks that make the sound like they move along the metal bar. It's a very specific sound. I hear that in the bathroom and I go look. And the shower curtain hasn't been pulled back at all. I think, well, maybe it's the wind, but the window is closed and they don't have air conditioning. There's nothing that could have caused this sound. So now I'm convinced there's a ghost in this room, which a little bit I'm torn because it's pretty freaking cool being in New Orleans and there's a ghost in my room. But also I'm literally in the staff quarters. So of course someone probably died back there. I don't know if this ghost is friendly or not. So that night I decided to imagine a protective bubble around myself so that it doesn't harm me. I didn't really hear anything after that. A couple of days later when I leave, I wish the ghost well and asked him not to follow me. He didn't, thankfully. That's my New Orleans ghost story. I have more to tell, which I will write. Thanks, ladies. You're the best. I'm Samantha H. from Arizona, and you can use my name. P.S. It's February 2023. Hold on. This house in New Orleans didn't have air? And you survived? Wow. See, I don't care how tired I am. If I feel something that I think is a bug, I am getting up, tearing all the sheets off, and I might not go to sleep until I found said bug. And then you had to say the R word. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm, don't like that. My sister and her husband were staying in New Orleans one time. And well, he's from New Orleans, but I forget what hotel they were in. But it was like a hotel that's like famous for Louis Armstrong staying there and like writing music and all there. And I wish I still had it. She sent us a video recording like she's in the dark and you can literally hear a trumpet. Yeah, I remember that. And it's like there is no one like there's nobody playing the trumpet like it is definitely a ghost. Yeah. Okay, the next one. Hey, ladies, you already know you're awesome, but I'll say it again. You're awesome. My Sinister Sightings is something that happened over several months in 2018. For reference, today is February 27th, 2023. I know it'll be a while before you read it. Anywho, here you go. Starting in January 2018, I started seeing things, frightening things. I remember four times, but there were more than that that I blocked out. The first instance, I remember I was in bed, not yet asleep, but starting to get drowsy. I turned over and there, right next to me, was a clown. Just the head. He was staring right at me. Basically, bozo. Red nose, clown lips, rainbow wig. But he had this horrible smile with fangs. You guys, it was so real. Like someone had a mask on. He was just staring at me with that terrible grin. I shut my eyes so tight and said over and over, it's not real, it's not real, it's not real. After what felt like forever, I opened my eyes and it was gone. I know I was awake. I know when I'm dreaming and that was not it. I got up, went to the bathroom and just cried. I didn't tell anyone. I thought I was crazy. A few nights later, I was in bed and I had just woken up from a great dream about flying and singing. I had to really pee, so I got up. Afterwards, I got into bed all cozy, reached for my phone on my night table, but to my utter 
horror, my six-month-old son was there on my bed, blue and struggling, like he couldn't breathe. I went and grabbed him, and my hands touched nothing but air, even though he was right there. With tears in my eyes, I remembered that I didn't co-sleep, and my son was safe in his crib. I got up and checked, just to be sure. He was sound asleep in his bed. I went back to my room, and the vision of my son was still there. Again, I closed my eyes, prayed, and told myself it wasn't real. It took me a long time to fall asleep that night. Event number three, I was in bed reading, just using my phone, so not much light. I looked up because I thought my cat was coming in through the cat door. Yes, we have cat doors in our bedroom doors. It wasn't my cat. I watched as my door slowly opened and a very tall man stood there, thin, shadowy. My husband worked nights at the time, so it wasn't him. I froze. There is a man in my house. I stared at him and he stared at me. I screamed bloody murder and then he was just gone. My door was shut like it had never been opened. There was no sound of the door shutting, no man. I got up and grabbed the closest thing I could find. It was a hanger. I left my room and searched our small house. My dogs weren't barking, which I thought was strange since I thought someone got into our house. Everything was fine. Locked up, no panicking dogs, no crying kids, but I didn't sleep at all that night. The last event I remember happened the night before I finally told my husband. I was again reading in bed. Do you notice the theme here? I looked over to my left because I felt like I wasn't alone anymore, and I wasn't. Sitting on the floor, leaning against the wall, was a woman. She had her knees pulled up with her arms wrapped around them. Her head laid forward. Her long hair was hanging down. She was rocking a bit no sound, and I was terrified. I was freaked out. It was now March, and I was scared, but I thought I was going crazy. I had already seen my doctor in October 2017 for postpartum anxiety and depression after having my son in June. I called her, and I made an appointment. I learned that I was probably having nighttime hallucinations, I had never hallucinated before, but she said it could be effect of the Topamax, which she had started me on that past October, but it was pretty rare. Lucky me. She weaned me off of it, and eventually the scary visions ended. I thank God I only remember a few of them. I spent months afraid of going to bed. I'm happy to report that my postpartum depression and anxiety are gone. I haven't hallucinated since. But I now have regular anxiety, which will probably never go away. But I guarantee I will never use Topamax again. Thanks and keep being fabulous. Creep it real and don't be scared. Jen D. I cannot even imagine. The one, like you seeing your child. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm so glad that you got off that medication. I feel like Topamax has a lot of side effects. We took that, right? I think we did. And then we both had like, like, I say cognitive issues, but like remembering, like we had, yes, like we were fuzzy yeah. and we had, um, like we are right now, but worse right. <laughs> word finding difficulties. Yeah. I was just like in a haze, in a fog, but I tell you what, sodas sure did taste nasty and it made me not, uh, drink them as much. <laughs> Thank God it was something that you could just wean off of and the hallucinations went away because those were serious ones. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, the next one. Hi, friends. I'm super late to this APC podcast party, but I'm here now. You're welcome. I'm currently on Sinister Sightings, episode 73, and decided to send in my story. I want to note first that very few of the true crime stories y'all share are able to get any kind of reaction out of me, thanks to unhealthy trauma-induced coping mechanisms. But the paranormal ones get me every single time. So my story is from when my oldest daughter was about one and a half to two-ish. My then-husband worked night shift, and I worked the day shift. I worked at a daycare, so there were some days when we didn't have enough kids for all of the teachers, so some of us got sent home for the day. On one of those days, I was sitting on the couch watching cartoons with my daughter while my then-husband was asleep. She came and sat on my lap and said, what's your favorite color, mommy? I rattled off something about not having a favorite color because they're all pretty, asked what her favorite color was. I don't remember what color she said, but she followed it up with, what's his favorite color, mommy? To which I replied, whose favorite color? She then turned, pointed to the other end of the couch and said, that boy right there, what's his favorite color? I stayed calm and said, oh, uh, I don't know. And I noped the fuck right out of there, packed a diaper bag for her, and we took off to my mom's house, completely left my sleeping then-husband behind with the ghost child. I finally went back home and told him about it. That's when he decided to tell me that he frequently feels like a child is climbing onto the bed with him while he sleeps during the day. But when he gets up to see if it's our daughter, we aren't even at home. We only lived in that house for about a year and a half. I was so glad to get out of there. My daughter is now 13, and anytime she mentions something that happened during our time there, she refers to it as the house with the witch. I have no idea where the witch part came from, but oh well. So that's my ghost child story. Sorry if it was kind of longish. Love y'all so much. Your neighbor in Alabama, Amanda L. Kids say the creepiest things, and I would have left my sleeping husband there too. Sorry. Every man for himself. Absolutely. Okay, actually, I would have woken Colby up, but uh, it's because I'm codependent. Yes. Okay, the last one. Las Vegas Luxor Spirits. Hello, you can call me G and let everyone know I'm from Texas. I'm going to share one of my many paranormal experiences. I've had some crazy experiences, but I'd like to share my most recent one. I went to Vegas and had a blast. I actually won over $1,000. I love gambling, but anyways. We stayed at the Luxor Hotel and Casino for three nights. Our room was on the 26th floor. I had a weird vibe when we were walking down the hallway to our room. I looked over the hallway ledge, and my first thought was, someone died by suicide by jumping. We got to our room. When I stay in homes or rooms for a long period of time, I usually bless the room. I say a protection prayer, spray my room with my spiritual sprays. This gives me peace of mind. I should have mentioned this before, but sometimes I can see spirits. I've had this gift since I was a child. When I was playing slots at the Luxor, I saw a few shadow people just chilling at the casino. I didn't focus on them because I was too busy trying to win money, but there is a weird vibe at the casinos. Sometimes I pick up the hopelessness, the desperation, and the sadness. So the last night of our stay, we were exhausted. It was around midnight and my boyfriend and I were laying in the bed. My boyfriend all of a sudden asked me if I heard music. I did, but I usually don't point out weird noises or spirits to my boyfriend because I don't like to freak him out. The music sounded like swing music or carnival music. It was odd for my boyfriend to hear it too. I looked around the room and I saw this woman standing by my bathroom door near the entrance of our room. 
She was wearing a dress and had black hair. My first thought was, oh shit. I got up and I said a prayer for the spirit. I let her know that I'm not sure how I could help, but she was dead. And when she was ready, she needed to go towards God's light. Everything stopped after that. I let my boyfriend know what I saw and he said he felt someone else in the room. We were both creeped out, but he's learned that weird shit happens when he's with me and is slowly accepting it. I was curious and I Googled to see if the Luxor had any ghost stories or information on deaths. In 1996, a woman died by suicide by jumping over the ledge on the 26th floor. So I can confirm that the spirit of the woman is still there at the hotel. If anyone has experienced anything in Vegas, I hope they write in and share. I love your podcast and we'll be submitting more stories. Thank you for creating the space where people can submit the weird encounters they have. Love, G. If only those shadow people that you saw could like sit with you at the card table and be like, they've got two kings. (laughs) Yeah. Also, that would be me after death. I would be like, can I just go to the casino? Can I play some slot machines? I mean, honestly, I would be happy as a ghost just watching people play slot machines because I love the lights. I love the sounds. And I'm a cheerleader. I want everyone to win. You really are. Donna can sit beside you and be like, bonus, bonus, bonus. I mean, she (laughs) is just, she's the ultimate hype girl. (laughs) But I'm not about ghosts in my hotel room, you know, and carnival music. No, don't want that. Yeah, the space is small enough. I'm not trying to share it. Well, as always, these stories did not disappoint. And you heard we're in uh, February of this year. So keep them coming. Send them in to us at aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and don't get scared.